0: We're blessed in this church with wonderful shepherds. They love the Lord, the great shepherd, and they love the sheep. And they have asked us for the last couple of weeks or so to consider the scriptures, to look and see what God has decided the qualifications, the characteristics of an elder should be. And we've looked at those. We've prayed about those. We have considered who among us has those qualities, has those characteristics, and is not yet presently serving in the capacity of shepherd, bishop, pastor, overseer, presbyter, to use some of the Bible words for elders. And I know that many of you have already been in prayer about this. You've been taking this very seriously. It it matters, the people that, that lead us in the direction of the father and we are blessed we have men of God that are leading we people of God they have been challenged every eldership has been challenged basically since about this time last year until today and the challenges continue Unlike, I would suggest, any group of elders have been challenged since the first century. So many decisions have been made that have direct impact, not just on spiritual health, but literally on physical health. Has there been a time like this in the history of the church? Not that I know of, except maybe a brief interval there after the resurrection, ascension of Jesus, establishment of the church, and then the, the bad things that those uh, Caesars were doing for a time. They were forerunner to COVID-19. I, I, I join with you in being uh, horribly troubled by what COVID has done to many people that we know, many people that we love. There have been significant Losses because of this. In America, over 500,000 people have died from COVID, not counting all those good folks around the world. Uh, some from this congregation have um, stepped into eternity because of complications due to COVID. I have talked to many brothers and sisters in congregations across America. And uh, their congregations have suffered also. And so guiding us through these times have been men who were not trained for this, who did not sign up for this, who did not get extra pay for this, but who have done with your support and prayers and in some cases advice, uh, have done exemplary work in, in shepherding us to this point. Um, I'm thankful for them. I'm thankful for their wives. I'm thankful for their children. And I'm thankful now that we're somewhat waking up from this time of uh, slumber that was not of our own doing. Moving forward, we have tremendous challenges. The challenges are not winding down in some ways. I mean, one area is hopefully ultimately going away, but other challenges now will be rising up. We, we have souls to restore. We have relationships to, to strengthen. We have uh, sheep that, that need to be found. We have People that are worshiping with us that we need to get to know better because so many wonderful people, thank you God, have come and been a part of this church during a time when we really needed reinforcements to come and help us. I mean, some of you, you the decisions you made, just in a personal nature, personal situation, helped me to maintain some of the sanity that I maintained because of of your desire to be with folks like us. You can't imagine the compliment that is to us. It's so humbling, really. And you have infused us with um, a level of maturity and spirituality and faithfulness to the Father and devotion to God that is is what we need. And we continue to need that. So moving forward, we, we have shepherds that are up to the task. If, if no other elders are added to this group of elders we presently have, we're going to be fine. We're going to rally around them continually and around our great shepherd Jesus. We're going to press forward. But just from my perspective, they need more help. They need more help. And the help needs to come from the people in this pew, in this house, if possible. We we need your help in identifying who these helpers will be. You, this morning, were given opportunity to receive a, a sheet of paper that at the top, as Grant said this morning, says, Elder Recommendations and i don't know if all of you were able to get one of these sheets and this is not necessary for you submitting name to submit names to our elders it's just a a tool so i've asked a couple of men if y'all would come up here please quickly quickly one on this aisle one on the other aisle sorry go this way thank you sawyer i love you sawyer by the way these two, one day, going to be great elders in the church, not to put pressure on them. Don't put their names down just yet. Got a, got some seasoning to happen. All right, so if the reason these young servants are up here in front of us, they have some extra copies of these. I've already filled mine out. Uh, but if you, as they look towards you, if you uh, would like one of these sheets, and at the bottom of the sheet it has some blanks for you to, to write down some Men that you'd like for our president elders to consider talking to about this wonderful privilege and responsibility. Men that you believe meet the qualifications, the characteristics listed above here, as we find in First Timothy 3 and Titus 1. By the way, by the way, there is there is nobody alive that meets one, each of these 100 percent, 100 percent of the time. That's in, that's an impossibility because we're people but who are the people that essentially have these characteristics and are and are and are striving towards these we're, we're not we're not electing uh people without flaws we're not suggesting people that that are <laughs> always going to be doing the perfection kind of life but they want to and they they get a lot more right than they get wrong so Sawyer, kind of look out that way, and uh, Caleb, look out that way. Y'all kind of walk that way. Give them a signal. Raise your hand as they come that way if you'd like one of these sheets, if you didn't get one already, or if you lost yours or whatever. The ideal thing would be if you could put down the names you've been thinking, praying about tonight, and put this into the hands of one of our elders tonight. We've got uh, Grant here, Larry here, and Doug back there. Keith, I don't believe is able to be. Y'all see, Keith. Keith's been having some health issues and not able to be with us tonight. But uh, if you could, and after the services, if you if you do have some names you'd like to pass along to our elders, you can give these to one of the elders. If you can't find them, then you can just put them in the basket uh, at, at the at the various exits and entrances to our facility. And uh, please please sign your name because you know they they may want to to get back with you on, on a name or two that you've mentioned. That's very unlikely, but it is helpful to have that, that information uh, as to who is recommending these, these certain people to, to our shepherds. So uh, thank you. appreciate Will praying about this earlier. Uh, I know that's not the first prayer. It won't be the last prayer uh, about this. And, uh, you know, we, I, I don't say enough also about, I, I mentioned it briefly, mentioned them briefly, but our elders' wives are tremendous. Our elders' wives are tremendous. They 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 serve uh, without getting the attention and recognition that they deserve. They don't do anything to distract or detract from the work their their husbands are involved in. They're, they're partners with them, and they enhance them. and And that's also an important consideration of the of the names that you write down because it's a you know it shouldn't be that way. in some ways of viewing it but but it is a family it is a family challenge you know so we we do want to consider the the godly women that these men have and the and the great children that they have and uh, I was talking to one of our elders a while back and and he was exactly right about this just think about this church and the great young leaders we have coming on and 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 we just kinda need a bridge to get us to the dozens we got dozens of, of future elders in these pews tonight. And there's no doubt in my mind about that. The, the The history of this church has been wonderful. The present is good. But the future of this church is just amazing because in large part, you. And you're embracing of the gospel of Christ. You're embracing the, the attitude of Christ, the servant heart of Christ. And I, I'm just, again, very thankful thank you for praying for our present elders because they look at the names that that we pass along to them and uh, this is this is a serious matter but it's an exciting time and obviously we don't let things like this affect our love for each other we don't let things like this uh, divide us at all in fact these things bring us closer to each other and uh, that that means maybe a person that I write down isn't announced as one to be considered as elder. Maybe because that person decided they don't desire it. it maybe because the elders didn't feel like it's just a, a good good combination to work with. I don't know, but I mean that I can I can envision that happening and somebody maybe being disappointed. But you know we we just have to trust that the Holy Spirit is guiding this process. And I don't mean in some type of supernatural miraculous way. But the Holy Spirit gave us this book. He gave us this book. Holy men of God spake or wrote as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to give us, through Timothy, through Titus and those letters, the qualifications of the people that we are nominating, that we are recommending. And so as we read the Bible... As we read these qualities, as we view those around us who have these qualities, as we write their names down, we're all in cooperation with the Holy Spirit in this matter. And, and so I would say this. I would say this. I haven't been asked to say this, but I would say this. That if you are a man here who is asked by our elders to serve this church as a shepherd... That is the greatest honor you'll ever be given, in my estimation. I'm not saying that that obligates you to say yes to that. I'm just saying that it doesn't get any better than that. That means that people that know you best, love you, respect you, and are willing to follow you, willing to ask you to watch for their souls. Is there a greater compliment than that so if you are asked to serve just understand that in my estimation that is at the conclusion of a Holy Spirit guided process and do not take this request lightly pray fast and choose well what is best for the Lord church, and God will continue to bless us, and we will continue to to move forward. Summing up, our elders need some help. They need some help. They need help in the form of additional elders, if possible, but they need Jeff to step up more. They need you to step up more, and let's all do what we can do to do the work of shepherds without maybe the title of shepherds. Because basically, it's it's Christian living, isn't it? What do shepherds do? Feed the sheep. Guide the sheep. Protect the sheep. Love the sheep. Willing to die for the sheep. Everything I said, that sounds like something we Christians are to do for each other, right? So let's continue to serve and love and guide and teach and feed and protect and, and, uh, and, and just enjoy the blessings that we have from God. The first parable in our Bible if you thought about what that parable is lately it I think it has great relevance to to this this critical time in the life of the Tuscumbia church of christ it It is found in the book of judges and and i I just say this about judges. it's not a book for easy, light reading in our Bible. There's a lot of bad things happening in judges I and mean, it's it's one of the more unpleasant times in the history of the people of God. There's a lot of, there's a lot of bloodshed in judges. There's a lot of idolatry in judges. There's a lot of brokenness in judges. God is patient with his people. He's loving his people. He's continually giving them opportunity to learn and then to return to him and they're just, they're just so persistent in their foolishness. And one of the things that led to so many <laughs> disasters in Judges is poor leadership. Poor leadership. You look in Judges and you just try to pick out the folks in that book that were leaders that we would put on our sheet to recommend as elders today, and it would be real slim pickings. It really would. In fact, look at the, look at the, look at the Bible as a whole. What, what names would you find in the Bible that you would say, all right, that's one that I would put down as an elder? And, and the, the apostles, after they became successful apostles, that doesn't count. Would any of us have put down any of those 12 names before they were trained by Jesus for about 18 months as we studied in our class this morning? Probably not. He saw something special in them, and he molded them into a force that turned the world upside down with the gospel. But it's hard to find in our Bible. Perfect people, right? But we find people that God was able to to use. And, And so all of this at the end of the day is not so much about our abilities and our unique qualifications. It's about what God can do what God can do with, with uh, David, with all his faults, what God can do with Peter, with all his weaknesses. How many times did he disappoint Christ? And yet he got the golden job of being the first one to say to people, repent and be baptized. Every one of you for the remission of sins, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That task was given to Peter. We'd have never given him that job. Literally, he had just said, of Jesus I blankety-blank don't know the man you get to preach the gospel no way his name's not going on my list <laughs> maybe we're harder on people than we ought to be maybe it's good for us that it is God that's judging us and not other people judging us but there is an episode here in Judges that reminds us again of the profound importance of having the best possible, the most capable of leaders among us and for us and with us. Uh, in, in Judges chapter 9, uh, bad times for God's people. And I, it's almost unfair to say at this point they're, they're God's people. They're, they've strayed so much. Just prior to the beginning of Judges 9, Gideon has died. And Gideon, y'all remember, he had such promise, you know, the the, the fleece, and you remember his stories, and had too many people wanting to go fight with him, and 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 he he goes down and he takes the three hundred that that drink as, as dogs drink out of a, out of a stream, and he did so many great things for the Lord, but but near the end of his life, he just he loses his mind, and in fact, in in Judges chapter eight, there about. 23 and following, he gets involved in in idolatry and some other foolishness. And and uh, contributing to some of this foolishness was if, if you look at, I said we'd start at nine, but just to give you a flavor of this, in in 829, then Jeroboam, that's that's another name for Gideon, the son of Joash, went and dwelt his own house. Gideon had seventy sons who were his own offspring. For he had many wives, and that uh, did not serve him well, that choice. And his concubine, who was in Shechem, also bore him a son whose name he called Abimelech. You might want to underline that name, Abimelech. There may not be a worse person that's ever lived than Abimelech. And his father was at times a great man. And his father was at times a great evil man man by the way if i've got this figured right this this town called shechem that's the very place where a little bit earlier we've got joshua saying as for me and my house we will serve the lord so something really wonderful happened there a few years later because of poor leadership something terrible happened Gideon dies, by the way. So it was, as soon as Gideon was dead, notice this, that the children, this is 33 of chapter 8. As soon as Gideon was dead, that the children of Israel again played the harlot with the bales. So they really jump in deep with these idols. The children, 34 says, The children of Israel did not remember the Lord their God, who had delivered them from the hands of all their enemies on every side nor did they show kindness to the house of Jeroboam, another name for Gideon, in accordance with the good he had done for Israel. And here it comes, chapter 9, and then the first parable. Some would say there's a parable before this in the book of Numbers, and I've read that verse, and it doesn't sound like a parable to me. So this, to me, I think, is the first parable in our Bible that we'll see in just a few moments in chapter 9. Then Abimelech, verse 1, the son of Jeroboam, this is the son he had through the concubine, right? Not through his wives, but through the concubine. Concubine was a type of maid who did a lot more than clean the house, apparently. So this woman has relations with Gideon, and Abimelech, a terrible person, came from that union. So he went to Shechem, a place where good things had happened, and now terrible things are going to happen, to his mother's brothers, and spoke with them, with all the family of the house of the, of the mother's father, saying, Please speak in the hearing of all the men of Shechem. Which is better for you, that all 70 of the sons of Jerobal reign over you, or that one reign over you? Now, that 70 he's talking about there, those are his brothers. He's saying, You got a choice. You can be ruled by these 70 brothers of mine, or it can be me. Who you want? Remember, he says, that I am your own flesh and bone. And his mother's brother spoke all these words concerning him and the hearing of all the men of Shechem. And their heart was inclined to follow Abimelech. For they said, he is our brother. So they gave him, notice this, 70 shekels of silver from the temple of baal Berith, with which Abimelech hired, notice this, worthless and reckless men, and they followed him. 70 shekels, how many sons did Gideon have? How many brothers does Abimelech have? It's one shekel per brother, per son, isn't it? These worthless men, they're following Abimelech to do what? Look at five. Then he went to his father's house at Ophrah and killed his brothers, the 70 sons of Jeroboam, on one stone. You understand the graphic of that? brought them out their heads are laid onto that stone but Jotham the youngest son of Jeroboam was left because he hid himself and all the men of Shechem gathered together all of Beth Milo and they went and made Abimelech king beside the terabith tree when you see terabith usually you can just pencil in the word oak oak tree very similar to our oak tree at the pillar that was in Shechem. So now here comes the parable. Now when they told Jotham, that's the one survivor, he went, uh, what did they tell him? They told him that this murderer has now been chosen as king. He knew about the massacre. They told Jotham, he went and stood on the top of Mount Gerizim. Apparently that was a safe place for him. And he lifted his voice and cried out and he said to them, Listen to me, ye men of Shechem, that God may listen to you. Here's the parable. The trees once went forth to anoint a king over them, and they said to the olive tree, reign over us. But the olive tree said to them, should I cease giving my oil with which they honor God and men and go to sway over trees? Olive tree says, no, I'm busy. Then they go to plan B. Then the tree said to the fig tree, you come and reign over us. But the fig tree said to them, should I cease my sweetness and my good fruit and go to sway over trees? Fig tree was busy and says no. Then the tree said to the vine, you come and reign over us. But the vine, by the way, wasn't much of a tree, is it? The vine said to them, should I cease my new wine, which cheers both God and men, and go to sway over trees? And the vine says, no. Then all the trees said to the bramble. When you see bramble, just think of the most disfigured looking excuse of a tree you can ever find. It's basically good for nothing except to, to make a fire with. Has no shade, has no fruit, very prickly. So they go to this thing. You come and rain over us. And the bramble said to the trees, When you see bramble, you also pencil in the word Abimelech. Abimelech says to the trees, If in truth you anoint me as king over you, then come and take shelter in my shade. He had no shade, really. But if not, let fire come out of the bramble and devour the cedars of Lebanon. And so he's saying to them, to the inhabitants of Shechem, a once wonderful place to live, now a horrible place to live. You've chosen poorly in this leader, Abimelech. And you will suffer great consequences for this. And they did suffer great consequences. And immediately after this, and you can read this for yourself, immediately after this, the people of Shechem, it seems, they have buyer's remorse, and they realize we've done a terrible thing. And they actually try to ambush uh, Abimelech and his people and that backfires and Abimelech Abimelech winds up destroying more of these people Shechem and and then later he he gets so progressively wicked and evil that that he gets in a fight and he decides I don't want to risk my own self my own safety my own people my own soldiers in this so y'all gather up some some trees and bushes and things that'll burn and they they go to where a thousand men and women are are in a tower and they, and they put, put that, that kindling around the tower and they set it on fire. And Abimelech, after he murders 70 of his own flesh and blood, he murders by burning to death, 1000 men and women in addition to those he'd killed earlier in, in, in battles and then he gets so caught up in this idea of of going to towers filled with men and women and setting it on fire i mean how how what what kind of devil do you have to have in you that even considers something like that much less acts on it and and so he goes to the neighboring town he's going to do the same thing again and y'all remember this he gets too close to the tower And thankfully, there's a lady up there with a millstone in her hand. And she somehow sees Abimelech down there. He's probably dressed prettier than the rest of the folks. And she launches that rock at his head and just busts him wide open. And he's laying on the ground wounded. And you know what he's thinking? He's thinking, I'm about to die. And I can't bear people knowing that it's a woman that killed me. That's what's on his mind. And you remember what he says to his armor bearer? You take your sword and you kill me. I'd much rather people know that you did it than she did it. That's Abimelech. That's the leader that the people chose. How did that happen? Get back to the parable for a moment. It's a principle that we see in government. We we see it in uh, corporations, we, we see it in, in congregations sometimes, not, n- not anywhere near to the extent of, of, of the, the horror that we've reviewed here in judges. But there's a principle at work here that that when those who are capable, those who are qualified, those that God could really use to do a task, when when they step back, That void is often filled with the less able and the less capable. Such is what happened with Abimelech. Anyone, I dare say, could have done better than Abimelech did. But they chose him. his family. And he's the one that ultimately destroyed them. So... We learn a couple things here, really important, right? That first we always need to choose carefully and prayerfully those that we follow. And don't just talk about in position of leadership. The 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 the, the buddies that we that we shop with or golf with or text with or go into business with or, or you know, sit in the teacher's lounge with, or all the folks we run with. They can they can be uh, leaders for us they can be influencers they can mold our attitude and ultimately our behavior and take us in ways that we don't need to go jesus told us in in matthew five thirteen and fourteen. he said you're the salt of the earth you're the lie of the world we're to be the inf- we're to be the one making the influence that is good not being influenced in, in other ways that are less than good you know, one of the great themes of the Old Testament, thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil. You know, we we want to be headlights, not taillights. We want to be illuminating the path. And so, you know, that parable challenges each of us to step up and lead, recognizing that if we don't lead in our classroom, if we don't lead in our community, if we don't lead in our family, if we don't lead in our congregation, if we don't lead, and yeah, I know, even in politics then who will, somebody will step up and lead. And and it's always been God's plan for the good folks to be the leaders. And when the good folks punt, somebody else sometimes steps up. One of the great things about this congregation, we've always had great leaders. And we always will, I know this, we always will have great leaders But that's not the story of every congregation. We would do well to understand just how blessed we are. That we have had a great history of men stepping up and saying, yeah, with the help of God and the support of the church and my wife, I'll do it. And those men have led us so well to this point. And now we have opportunity to continue moving forward with people that are like the the olive tree and the other trees that could do such a capable job. So we learn from this to be good leaders ourselves. We learn from this to choose good leaders as best we can. And, And I want to thank you, two things, again, for being good leaders, for being salt, for being light, we've got children that lead us i'm so encouraged i I get drawings i get comments i get gifts that that bless my lives from little children and by gifts i don't mean they're going on amazon and buying something for me the gifts i get from them are smiles and and hugs and, and and just great conversations and and i get to see their faces during our sunday morning time especially and just see such that is good from them that can't help but bless me and bless thee okay and then we got the older folks who limp in who have battled courageously have overcome so many challenges and and keep pressing on with age they're not getting bitter they are getting better and they're getting stronger and they're they're just such a blessing and uh, we got so many leaders like that and then in between we got everything we we got every status of life, every situation of life. We've got, we've got divorced folks who are leading in such positive ways. We've got widowed folks who are leading in such positive ways. We got folks that are happily married that are leading in such positive ways. We got folks that have never been married <laughs> leading in positive ways. We've got, we got folks with no children, we've got folks with lots of children. We, we got every strata <laughs> in this church stepping up and leading and And if you don't do that, if you don't do that then then we're going to be led in another way by by the less capable. so thank you for doing what you can do to to shine to be a blessing, to not step back it's It's an illustration that some of you old timers have heard me use before, but uh I love this the 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 this captain of these men. He, he needs one of them, just one of them to volunteer for a, a, a difficult assignment. It was one that could, could actually take their life. And he gives them this great motivational speech, you know, important mission, need one man to step forward. Don't want to put any pressure on you, so I'm going to turn my back. And, and when I turn back around, I hope one of you will have stepped out of this line and, and, and volunteered for this mission. And so all, the guys are all lined up there, and he turns his back for a moment, waits. And when he turns back, it's still just a straight line, and nobody stepped forward. And he just starts lambasting them for their, their cowardice, and they're not committed to the cause and all that. And, and, and one fellow raises his hand. He goes, what is it? What, is, what do you want to say? He says, sir, we all step forward. That's the way it's got to be with us. We all got to step forward. I got some growing to do, maybe even some growing up to do. Maybe you do too. We all can be more devout, can't we? We all can be more humble. We all can be more prayerful. We all can be more evangelistic and more peacemaking, more conciliatory, more forgiving, more godly. So, so let's all step up. Let's all step up. And when, when Brother Eli By the way, not put pressure. I mean, that's an example. That guy's going to be a great elder one day, but we got to build a bridge to get to him and the other guys in his age group. No pressure, right? Uh, When Eli comes and leads us in this song, we're all going to stand, right? And if we're physically able, and and let's let our standing be indication of several things tonight that we're all stepping forward. We're all humble in this. Realize I got work to do, and so do you. And we're going to do that. And we're standing, kind of also together involved in this process of supporting our elders, supporting the the trying to discover others that can step up and serve and, and help us to keep moving down the road further to Canaan land, closer to the image of Christ. And And let's be one family. We're, we're not always going to agree on everything, right? You agree with your wife on everything? You agree with yourself on everything? We're not always going to agree. But these disagreements, they can never affect our our love for each other, our our, our oneness. We We're, we're never going to get to that, right? We're never going to get to that point. Would you pray with me, please? Father, thank you for the privilege of being your children. Thank you for the great leaders that we have, young and old and every circumstance of life. We're so blessed. And help us, Father, to... Rally behind our shepherds. They are great men of God. Not perfect, but they sure do their best to shepherd us. And, and we thank you for them. And we thank you for their wonderful wives and their children. And God, we, we pray that we'll all do what we can do to help them better. Help us to uh, be sources of joy for them. Sources of encouragement. Sources of wisdom and good advice. And help us, Father, to, to be their best friends to to uh, do what we can do to make their their burden lighter. But we understand, Father, they got the best job if it can be called a job in the world. They get to shepherd souls. They get to to do what Jesus does for us. They are his representatives and we're thankful again for them and we're thankful for the others among us who will possibly be uh suggested for consideration. We pray that uh, these men will be qualified, they will desire this, and they will step up and and help us and see that this is a privilege. This is not a burden. This is an honor. And they are worthy of this honor. And their wives are worthy. And their children are worthy. And it is for such a time as this that they need to step up, if possible, and help us to get closer to you. Father, uh, forgive us of our sins. We've all sinned. And, and help us to repent of those sins. Help us to forgive those who have sinned against us as we need you to forgive us. And Father, uh, help us to be grateful people today and every day for Jesus, for his church, for this forever family of believers who is a great threat to the devil. And we pray a great glory and honor to you. If there are those that need prayers tonight, we pray that they will be pursued. If there are those that need to put on Jesus for forgiveness of sins, we pray that will happen this evening as well. We love you, Father. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus we pray. Amen. If we can help you, would you come while we stand and sing, please?